What have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren, with me I have today... Logan. Welcome back, Logan. Hello! Yes, uh, today we're going to be talking about how to GM the Dragon Age role-playing game. Uh, I'm afraid this week we have no news. Uh, not as much as happening in the Dragon Age world right now. Although, news in my Dragon Age game is that I finally got my copy of the Game Master's Kit revised. It's very exciting. It has an adventure in it for uh, four or five players who are level seven. And it has handouts. Lovely dry erase handouts. It's weird that when you become a, D- a GM, instantly your love of handouts just skyrockets. I can hand these to the players and they know exactly what to do when their turn comes along. It's so nice. Oh, look. Teaching aids. Teaching aids. Oh, and a combat tracker that's, re- that's dry erase. That'll be useful. And some rules for things that aren't re- aren't very commonplace, but once we need to know them. You have that, you know, digital combat tracker that you're so fond of. I do have the digital combat tracker. Uh, combat manager. It's not actually built for Dragon Age, although I really wish it was. I really wish there was one built for Dragon Age. I have one built for Star Wars Saga Edition, too. It's a bit lighter and less exciting to look at than combat manager, but... Saga Edition. <sighs> anyway. You're going to get that a lot you're in this probably podcast. We'll try not to talk about Saga Edition too much, but we both had such wonderful times with it that every so often when it's mentioned, you'll just get wistful sighs. One of these days, we're going to take a post-show, just talk about the taxi chase. We need to do that. Yes. Okay. But right now, um, despite, besides the fact that GMs out there should definitely go grab the Game Master's kit, because it is out, um, I got mine through pre-ordering through my uh, from the local gaming store, so it should be available through normal channels, at least by now. It, I don't know that it's available that they're going to be sending it to the gaming stores to just for general sale or not. Uh, mine was a pre mine was a pre order. So folks who are getting pre order folks who are getting pre orders now, uh, keep your eyes open for more of it. Get them later. They're cool. All right, and then we're going to turn our pages today to the distant verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. <sighs> Alright, today's is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, it's kind of something I dug up out of the internet, like many things. Like uh, like weird cakes that I once sent to Mori to go find, and then I ate them later. Or maybe I gave them to Morgan. I don't remember. It was a good time. Giving them to Morgan is like asking a Mabari to eat them. I'm sure she could take Mabari form and devour them for you. I suppose she could. Um, <laughs> well, this um, this lovely um, ha- uh, half-eaten cake that I found, which is actually much nicer than half-eaten cake, is an old PDF that and contains several tables of new stunts that were made by a person who went by the name of Saisei. I don't know if it was a he or a she. It was like it was. This was also back when Dragon Age was still in books or in boxes. Pardon me. Uh, I don't think there was even a second box for it when it came out. It was made a very long time ago. Um, the download for the PDF is going to be on the blog if you want to take a look and give it a try. The stunts are for are, are more specialized stunts for members of the Mage and the Rogue class. Those who are using specific weapon styles, they have tables for two-handed weapons. If you're wielding two we- two weapons at the same time, you have weapons and shields. You got a uh, bow and arrow. You can use these to perform stunts uh, specifically for those kinds of weapons, and they tie in a lot to the video game and using a lot of the video game's ability names. Some of the stunts are a bit powerful, at least in our opinion. They they give you a lot of advantages that not a lot of other aspects of the game give you. So if you want to include it in your game, ask your GM first. Have your GM look at them. As our recommendation, we probably have it locked by a talent, kind of like the stunts for the spell expertise talent of the stunts that are unlocked by the spell expertise talent. If you'd like to know, uh, like if you'd like us to know more about custom custom RPG content for the Dragon Age game, or even send us your own, you can send a message to Wonders of Thetis Podcast at gmail.com or send a personal message to me, Cot the Protector, on the Green Ronin forums. And without further ado, we're going to get right into it. We're going to be talking about what it means to be a game master. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. While players are needed to make a gaming group, someone needs to run the game and bring it to life, and that person is the game master. Uh, we're also called the GM for short, and the verb is would be GMing or game mastering. 
You've also probably heard it referred to as dungeon mastering or DMing, because yes. that's the general term used in D and, in Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder. So the the two terms do interchange a little bit. So just in case you've never done it before, the two are synonymous. Yes, they are. Uh, the job is very important. It is difficult. It is sometimes underappreciated, but it is vital and it is so fulfilling. I love GMing. I may have made it sound like on the first podcast and I said, I'm always the GM. And I, and I, I kept listening to it and I was like, I make it sound like I don't like that. But I do. I love it. GMing is so much fun. He's actually very talented at it. Like he it. tells a great story. You are also very talented. You have some very memorable NPCs, especially... Going back to Saga Edition, what was the gal's name who had the combat gear? Lady that, Zell. Lady Zell. Combat gear that folded out into a cocktail dress. It was fantastic. Yeah, she was <laughs> She was my noble scout hybrid, and she was a little OP, but you could do that really easily. Yes. Um, if you're hoping, if you're coming here with as a new GM, we're going to do our best to teach, uh, just throw out some basic pointers at you. Today's going to be kind of short, just because GMing is an enormous topic. Game mastering is an incredibly wide topic. It's an art. Uh, it is an art that takes practice, but there is no single best way to do it. This will likely be the very first uh, the very first in many shows where we're going to talk about GMing techniques, uh, different things that you can add to your game, or um, things you can take away from your game. Well, we're going to try and keep it general and introductory for those who've never GMed before. So, what is a GM? A lot of you probably already know this, but... GM, a quick refresher, GMs are narrators, they are actors, they are accountants, they are moderators, and they are teachers, and they are much more than that. You're going to find your best way to do it as you try it. Uh, from my perspective, I usually see that GMing falls on a couple of axes. The biggest axis that it falls on is between people who are day planners and people who are improv artists. Day planners are the people who've got, uh, you know, like three different copies of the stat blocks all at the ready. They've got the story written out from start to finish, all different, uh, lots of possible endings. They've got uh, fully, they've got lots of NPCs who have been written out, stats, edited, have backstories and everything. They have target numbers waiting for everybody. They've got encounters built. They've got encounters recycled just in case they need them for later. They've got everything down, everything down to the uh, most to the most minuscule detail planned. They've got it ready for you. These are the people who, if you ask them a question about the campaign, they uh, say, "Quick, they've got it. They've got an answer for you." These folks uh, sometimes uh, they're sometimes they can be sticklers for the rules, and that can be a failing of them. Um, some of them aren't, but. The uh, downside of this side, even though uh, the downside of this side of GMing, even though it sounds quite lovely, and you should aspire to be at least a little bit of it, is that they're not very flexible. People who plan that much and people who put that much time into thinking about what they're making uh, sometimes lose the ability to roll with punches. And so, so when, play, when they prepare for their player, when they come to a hallway and the player and they prepare for the players to go left right, maybe even up, down, and even forward, the players will find some other direction to go in. As an example, the first game I ever I ever GM'd, um, <laughs> I had developed this wonderful enemy that they were going to fight at the end of the encounter before escaping, this. and I had this huge wall of graphite in a notebook that I had every state <laughs> stat, every weapon, every possible action he could take, and my entire party just the dice rolled magnificently and they totally sidestepped my plan. They just totally like just <laughs> went right off the rails and just walked away with the ship that they were going you to win. Just kind of holding the graphite wall in front of us and I <laughs> you could have held up the side the side of an apartment building with that much graphite was I was so ready for us angry at the time <laughs> i was i had spent easily two hours putting that 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 I character jo together I joined the game by that time you i think i was just about you to. were just about to join okay and i was <laughs> i was so angry flames on the, on the sides, sides of my, my face, face. <laughs> and that was like that was earth shattering for me because that was when i realized I had no idea what I was doing. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I thought I did. I thought I understood what GMing was. I was just... No. And ever since then, I've been so much more the the, the just wing it. Yes. The improviser. Because 
I always have a group that never wants to play by my rules. They never want to to hear my story. They never want to do what I want them to do. And that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. Because they're their own individual people. Yes. And I'm not a Sith Lord. So... The day planner can only plan for so much. Uh, But then that brings us to the other side of the spectrum of GMs, which is the improv artists. These are the people who... Hello! (laughs) Yes. If you put put the players in front of an NPC, they will play that NPC like they've been playing them their whole life. I... The, the the great thing about improv is that, uh, the improv style, I should say, is that it's a little bit more democratic. Uh, if you are the GM that wants to tell a story, you're going to want to be more of the day planner. You're going to want to have things laid out, and you're going to want to have soft nudges to get your characters back on the track that yes. you'd like them to go. Mm-hmm. And by soft nudges, I mean I have literally dropped huge objects around characters before to get them where I wanted them to go. It was cheap, but they got where I wanted them to go. So that's all I cared about at the time. I definitely, when I was running that big Pathfinder campaign, Kingdom of Darkness, there were definitely some days where, unlike the day planner, I had nothing ready for the day. Right. I was sitting there, I was pulling everything out of nowhere, and I just kept making stuff up as we went, and we we had good times. But then I ended up making making a lot of decisions that I regretted. Because right, I didn't think about them. I didn't have I didn't I, I didn't have any stat blocks ready. So sometimes I have to sit down, knuckle down, and write down some numbers on a on a character sheet really fast. And one of the one of the main roles of a GM is uh, in the White Wolf uh, game manufacturer. Mm-hmm. They refer to the GM as the storyteller or mm-hmm. the narrator. Like they refer to the the game master as the narrator. That's a good way to refer to a GM. Right. And so it's important, like, the very first job of a GM is you are telling a story. If you're running a module, it's your job to bring the flavor to the module. If you are creating your own homebrew, you are completely in charge of that. Oh, yeah. And especially in a Dragon Age setting... Being a GM means you have to tap into the lore and you have to be ready to tell a story. And you really do have to be prepared uh, to launch yourself into the world. Because your players are going to draw their experience in part from you. Yes, they are. And it can be and... it can be exhausting. Oh, yes. There are going to be days where you are going to stare at them and wonder why they don't just give you coffee. (laughs) Summon the pizza man and hand me a coffee. This is not how the day was supposed to go. (laughs) Alright, get your dice out. I guess we're doing something. So, I mean... If this sounds confusing, it's because it should be. GMing is... uh, you're, You're here to make the game run. How you do that is something that's very important to discover right away. And you can find you're going to learn a lot about yourself from gymming, but it is completely worth it. I totally promise. What's great, what's interesting about gymming is you'll always you'll see like blog posts from time to time that talk about the rules of gymming and what the first rule of being a GM is. All the rules are the first rule. All the rules are the first rule. All the rules are the first rule. You pick what kind of style you want. You pick what yes. kind of person you are. You pick the villains and the heroes and the story and everything else. Everything else. Everything else. Everything is yours. But at the same, everything is yours. Yes, no, everything is yours. Everything is yours, and you have and you're sharing it with these players. And you're you guys are all working together to tell a story. But you are half of that effort. Now, part of your job as well as a GM, especially in a system like Dragon Age, which is both simple and complex at the same time is is teacher and mentor. Yes. Your your players probably won't know all the rules, and if they do know all the rules, good on them. Good. <laughs> and that, 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 that's great. You more ch- more on rule rules lawyers later. <laughs> we'll cover them. They're there. <laughs> there are let's see there are there are problems with jamming sometimes and we'll get into those, but but um you probably won't know all the rules either, because there's a lot on your plate. Yes. And that's fine. That's good. That is just Make sure fine. you're having fun. 
that I mean, you're there to have fun, you're there to play a game, you're there to tell a story. Mm-hmm. You're not there to stress and agonize and worry about things. Yes. I've had in games before a situation come up where I didn't even know a basic rule because I thought I did and like I was just like, oh yeah. I have no idea how combat runs here. I have no idea. And I just turned to one of my players and was like, look it up. <laughs> Go. You. <laughs> you crack up in the book. Find it. <laughs> I have that happen to me in Pathfinder all the time. I ever every almost every day. Sometimes That's I just tell myself Pathfinder is made of rules. This, the book is 500 pages and every single other sentence is a new rule. Yes. That is not the case with Dragon Age. Thank the stars, thank the maker. Thank the maker. For the GMs, Dragon Age is just as an easy game to pick up for game mastering as it is to pick up playing because we because every Dragon Age keeps a lot of things under big umbrellas and it's lovely. That keeps everything under the one of the biggest umbrellas you're going to have is the ability test. Know it, love it, look at it, smell it, touch it, <laughs> kiss it, kiss it. <laughs> Do all those things with its consent, please. But <laughs> but ability tests are. Um, this is one of the first things you're going to need to learn. The players are going to learn this first. You're going to learn this first. Ability tests are everything in Dragon Age. Every time you pick up those three d sixes, roll them, then add numbers. You're rolling an ability test. So. Uh, a couple things that you need to know about ability tests specifically. There are a couple things that you need to make sure that you know about an ability test before you ask a player for one. Uh, you can also find this list on page 212 of the Core Rulebook and on the new Game Master's Kit, and I think on the old old Game Master's Kit's GM screen. But learn these rule, learn these, and love them. Um, when your ma- when your players are making a test, they can only add one focus at a time. If they have well, if you asked if you asked for a test and you gave them multiple focuses that they can choose from, they can only use one at a time. Uh, please, I have this problem all the time at the table. Tell, ask the players to kindly leave the dice on the table after they roll them. Don't have them scoop them up right away because they may need to know what the dragon die roll is. And if you scoop it up, and and and, and, and I ask you what the dragon die result is, and you're like, um, and you stare at the dice in your hand, and um, I assume it's a three. We're assuming it's a three, and moving on. In opposed tests, let's say, oh yes, and uh, the dragon die is only going to count for successful tests. Uh, we're only going to really ask for the dragon die result if you succeed on the test. Uh, in opposed tests, which oh, we'll get to in a second, ties, let's see, uh, opposed test ties are broken uh, by a higher dragon die or the higher ability if the dragon dice are tied. Opposed tests are basically, instead of the basic ability tests where you're just trying to hit a target number, opposed tests means that the GM is rolling his own dice against yours. You need to beat his dice. He beat his dice. So if you tie, uh, whoever has the higher dragon die wins. And if you have the same dragon die number then whoever has the high ability wins. And and if you guys tie then, make her help you. <laughs> Figure roll it out. Roll another dice. Roll the dice again. Or some people are going to run that a little differently, but yeah, roll the, just roll the dice again. Flip a coin. <laughs> yes. Uh, for basic tests, there's a table for you that gives you target numbers. Uh, took a look at the test difficulty. Pick a number. Pick a number quick. It's really easy to pick one. Try That's a fun and, way yeah. to ter- determine a test. Yes. Which one would Cassandra be most likely to hate less? Oh. <laughs> which Which of the two characters here? <laughs> oh, dear. That's well, like a fair way of determining. <laughs> be Cassandra as a, D- as, a, as a GM. Why not? I mean... Why not? She likes a good tale... Finding, she's good at finding things. She's good at finding things. She's very Hufflepuff. Let's see. Don't forget, you can add or you can have the players uh, gain or uh, gain bonuses and penalties one to my one to three or even higher if you really want to go that far. For a post for a post test, circumstances can change things, uh, and of course, advanced tests, which we're also going to get to, uh, use a success threshold to measure completion over time. Please don't overuse them. An advanced test is instead of making instead of like a basic te- basic test or an opposed test where you guys make one roll to find out if you succeed or not. An advanced test is supposed to be like something like a race uh, against uh, like somebody who's on another horse or climbing a mountain or navigating a forest. Something that takes a lot more time or effort than a single die roll. And you can use advanced tests for a lot of cool things. Advanced tests are great for especially for setting up uh, setting up things like I had uh, players run through a chase in the forest a while ago. And it made a great scene, but don't overuse them. They're going to get tired. They can get tired very fast. Let's see. What do we have next? Did I write anything next? I write, I write notes. I write a lot of notes for these. Not all of them make it to the places I want them to be. Let's see. Oh, yes. 
um, a couple things in the in the book that you should definitely read. There is um, I'm I'm calling out some required reading for the Dragon Age GM. First of all, have the core rulebook pleased and read it twice. It's a good idea. It's just a good idea. But if you if you haven't got that much time, or if it sounds too much like homework, and it, it kind of does, the chapters that are going to help you most are chapter two, which is the basic game rules. Your players should read that one too. Uh, chapter 8 is The Art of Game Mastering. It's more general advice for how to GM rather than GMing Dragon Age specifically. Uh, number 9 is GMing the Rules, which is GMing stuff for Dragon Age specifically. It's got a lot of good stuff in there. You should definitely check it out. Uh, chapter 10 is uh, advice on running campaigns. So instead of so instead of like the minutia, it's going to help you plan for the long term. It's got campaign frameworks, and it's super helpful. And then chapter 13 is about rewards, which is going to be about awarding experience, awarding stuff like gold and magic swords that talk and, uh, and, don't, and, don't, and give off light but no heat, which we have one of those. It's been guiding them through the forest where they found the trace. It's a good time. But the, the, well, the books are going to have some extra stuff for you, and um, so it is, uh, we're also going to recommend you read Chapter 7, which tells you about Thetis. If you don't know much about Thetis already, it's going to give you a quick primer. Chapter 11 is for... Oh, goodness. Chapter 11 is for... Let's see, you know what? i got the book right in front of me. Oh, yes. Chapter 11 is for Secrets of Thetis. Secrets of Thetis, the chapter is about parts of Thetis and Thedosian lore that most people are not necessarily very privy to. Things like uh, the Grey Warden joining or how the blight works, or how blights are experienced by uh, by, st- by the populace and by nature. And also talks about the fade. It tells a lot of things. It's going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> and after yeah. all, what is a Dragon Age game without at least one trip into the fade? One awful, grueling, lonely trip into the fade. I still, to this day, love, hate... Love hate the the fade trip in Origins. Oh, I, I actually was playing it recently. I, I, I muscled through it. I was. I'm, I'm so glad it's to have it behind me. A tedious but beautifully it made is. puzzle. Yes, it's a the... long, <laughs> awful, arduous trial of patience and and logical reasoning. But by the end of it, you just think, "Wow, that sucked." That was awful. And I'm so happy. <laughs> and I'm so happy. I killed the sloth demon and it was great. Yeah, and what... then we didn't have to go back in. Yeah, what was up with that sloth demon's like eight forms? I don't know. Some demons do that. You should definitely have some demons do that, by the way. There's have... one, I've had things like three or four different demons in the video games that keep changing forms when you kill them. Sloth demon takes the form of just about anything that would make you stop. That's just something that they do. Play with demons. Play with demons. Demons are fun. Demons are one of the <laughs> like unique things that Dragon Age gives you access to, and it's one of the great yes. ways to add a Dragon Age flavor to a game and not just make it a, a, just another fantasy game. Yes. The demons have their own hierarchy, they have their own mm-hmm. domains and realms, and desire demons are just great. Dyrus and Aaron demons were great. They are just great to throw at your players because they want to make deals. They have reasonable demands most of the time yes. because all they want to do is make someone happy. That's their That's goal. They just they want like to, it. They just want to bring happiness to someone. They want to give you what you want. And it's so morally ambiguous. It's so good. When you find a Templar who's been enchanted and ensorcelled by a desire demon, but it's giving him illusions that he has a family and a wife, and you're like, do you want to tear him out of that, you jerk? It's like, uh, maybe? <laughs> Liliana, what do you think? Don't ask me. I'm done. I'm over here being... Sten, what do you... No, I, I, don't, I don't care what you think. <laughs> Kill it! You... Kill it. He deserves what he gets. He made his choice. Mm. Sten, why did I bring you here? <laughs> why? Oh, I can't take you anywhere. Oh, Sten. I can't take you anywhere. But the fade is cool. Use the fade. Read chapter 11. Don't let... Please, players, please don't read chapter 11. It takes away some of the cool, like, exciting stuff about uh, exciting stuff about this game. And it lays it kind of bare. And so you won't be surprised. You won't have any tense, uh, ten, uh, tenseness. 
But the fate is cool. <laughs> Make sure you use it. It's where magic comes from. It's where people go to when they sleep and when they dream. Except for dwarves, because dwarves don't dream. Remember. But you can. But it's it's also kind of like. But dwarves can get sucked into the Fade they by can. tears and demons. They can, yes. They can enter the Fade physically, or they can enter the Fade with their minds, like, through rituals and such. But they can't enter the Fade normally, but that's not going to stop any of your dwarf players from getting into the Fade. You got to there's plenty of ways to do it. Let's see. The Fade is extremely useful for storytelling. Uh, the Blight is very good for storytelling. Also a very Dragon Age-specific thing. With having to deal with uh, things like being infected by the taint, or joining the Grey Wardens, or having to uh, fight a blight, or even just, or even not be a part of the Grey Wardens, just trying to survive the blight. The Darkspawn are a very Dragon Age thing, and you should make sure you use them too. Sometimes, for specific campaigns, sometimes it doesn't work. But if you're going underground, you can use Darkspawn. If any of your players have played Dragon Age Origins, please use the Darkspawn sparingly. They're great, they're very good, but that game was Darkspawn the game. Yes. It is fair. You're playing Grey Wardens, it kind of has to be Darkspawn the game. But yes, it's it's a lot of Darkspawn. (laughs) And the Warden always asking, I just cleaned this up. Can we keep it clean for ten minutes, guys? No. Blight everything! Blight everything! Come on! Oh, look. A dragon. Oh, look. Oh, by the way... This is Dragon Age. This is Dragon Age. Get dragons in there. Come on. Dragons are awesome. There are many ways to work dragons into them, in, into the story. You can have a dragon show up. You can have drakes that are being raised. You can have some elder witch in the wild suddenly turn into a dragon for no very good reason. Well, an elder witch has got a dragon friend who also turns into a dragon, so then you have to fight two dragons. <laughs> suddenly dragons. <laughs> suddenly more dragon. Dragons are a big deal in Dragon Age, though. There's a because of the the Dragon Age is supposed to be the time when dragons start reemerging because everyone thought they'd gone extinct. So dragons are a big deal. Make a big deal of dragons. Make them cool. If one shows up, it should actually be a point of moral contention amongst your players if it's okay to kill it. Yes. Do you just want to drive it off? Do you want to appease it in some way? Do you want to start worshipping it as your god? Because that's an ongoing issue. Unless you're playing an Inquisition game and then you just wipe the dudes out. <laughs> Especially if you're going for the Dragon Hunter trophy that's like it's like 8, 9, like 13 dragons you have to kill. Yeah. It's incredible. Just, you know, murder an entire ecosystem. Yeah. Why not? They all have names. They all have like genuses that they list and everything. Or like special names like Ferelden Frostback and such. But kill them, but make them fight them. Make them make them. If you played Inquisition, you also know that dragon fights are incredibly difficult. Dragons are a big deal. Dragons are an undertaking. Unlike Sky, unlike like jumping into Skyrim or something, where it's like, "Come here, dragon! I'm gonna punch you in the schnoz." The dragon shows up, and in Dragon Age, it's like, "Get out! Run! Oh dear, I'm dead." Well, it was it was fun, guys. It's it's been nice. Oh, and wyverns. Wyverns are also in there, too. Now, there's interesting and fun ways to bring the Dragon Age flavor to the game, and you are more than welcome to experiment in any way that you want. Keep in mind that being the GM means that you are in control of the game, so if you want to add something to this game, you are welcome to do so. You are welcome to come up with your own... Uh, sort of enemies with your own sort of lore. S- try Definitely. to try to keep it in line with the canon of uh, of Thedos as it stands, Thedos, because yeah. it's very well thought out and beautifully put together. They've done a lot of the work for you. Benefit from that. You can and, use it. But if you want to bring something in, make it work, because that's just such a great, fun thing to do with your stories. If you want a troll that's taking tolls at a bridge, you should totally do that. Exactly. Giants are kind of weird and boring, but also tough to fight. It's it's a lot of fun to play with the world. Have rogue dwarves with golems running around extorting uh, people. Yeah. Everyone's scared of golems. Have a... Uh, a cabal worshipping some minor demon that thinks that it's a major demon, and then the major demon shows up and is very upset. 
Yes. Have the PCs come across and accidentally come across an ancient ruin that is still being protected by a Varteral. Big rock tree spider things. That Big guard... rock tree spider things. <laughs> uh, that you have to kill multiple times if you play Dragon Age 2. So you kill, sometimes you kill the same one several times. They do come back. They do come back. And you find one in Origins. In, or in The Awakening. No, no, no. That was in the Witch Hunt DLC. Right. Yes. Which I still have to play. It's good. It's fun. It's sitting it's a, on my computer. I just haven't gotten to it. It's kind of like a. It's got that nice little like creepy Morgan, uh, a Morgan or um, Flemeth bookend to the to the game uh, that kind of that sets you up for the rest of it. It keeps taking away my armor when I start it. Does it? Yes. Uh, it puts me in mage clothing, <laughs> and I'm like mm-hmm. I had an armor and it doesn't mm-hmm. go back in my inventory. It just okay. goes away. I've had that trouble sometimes too. And so it tells I keep... me that to, like that like something's not downloaded or something. But no, no, it's just because what what happens is the when you load that game, it automatically puts you in in a mage robe that yeah. they selected for it. Mm-hmm. But they don't take my armor off; they just replace it. Okay. Wow. So that it's, 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 it's a glitch in the coding, okay. and I keep forgetting to put my armor in my inventory before I do it, but whatever. Well, I don't have to worry about that in Dragon Age uh, role-playing game, unless your GM is going around changing Equipment. all the characters. Equipment. <laughs> Let you... Players hoard things. Players want things. Players want to be the best monsters that they can be. By the way, your players are monsters. Your players are monsters. Keep that in mind. Your favorite monsters. They are your favorite monsters, <laughs> but players are monsters. And so, you are going to be very, very tempted to give them the loot that they want to make them happy. Correct. Don't. Especially in, in this game, despite the fact that the Dragon Age role-playing video games have, are practically, uh, I guess, mostly later It's just a shower yeah. of loot. Everything's enchantment. <laughs> Some enchantment evening. With all, with, with the, we've got like three different daggers that all have electricity runes on them. And you've got like five different suits of armor that all have like nature resistance. <laughs> but all of them are enchanted and have special powers. And the Dragon Age role-playing game definitely has stuff that has magic powers. And a lot of it comes with some significant flavor, and some of the are actually items from the video games that have powers that the video game ones didn't. But, in the tabletop role-playing game, magic items are meant to be special. We, uh, they're meant to be used, you should use them sparingly, and give them history. Because it makes them more special. Uh, one of my NPCs is wielding the meteor sword that's in here. You know, that's... That uh, the video game has slight references to Superman, but it works very differently in the role playing game because they gave it more. They gave it more oomph. They gave it more than what the video game gave it, and it becomes more special. So be careful. I named mine Starfire. Oh, good. You named it. Could yeah. You... When you make them, when you make it in Origins, you get oh, to name it. Oh, that's right. It's like the Soldier's Peak or something, right? Right. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I. That's right. I have to play that again. I've been going through Origins again. It's a good time. It's making all the exact same decisions I did the first time, just because I want to. I want to see it again. The first time I played it, I named my sword lightsaber, <laughs> and then I gave it a, a, an electric rune, so it was always good. charged. Yes, because you know why not? Bioware also did Old Republic. Yes, they did. There's a connect here somewhere. Saga doesn't make sense because the Knights of the Old Republic is the. <laughs> There's our connect. We did it. Now we're not completely off track, just mostly. This is, by the way, a prime example of game master logic. <laughs> You're gonna have to work with that game master logic every session. You're gonna have to start. Why are we doing this? Be- because I said so. That's because why. I said so. That's why. I I I don't know, guys. I'm gonna love with you. <laughs> My life is falling apart because of this game and you are draining my soul. We're sorry. Don't be sorry. Just keep playing. Don't be sorry. Just keep playing. Roll those dice. (laughs) Alright, so... It's a labor of love. Yes. Labor of love. It It is a labor of love. There's a lot of love that goes into this. There's so much... GMing is so much fun. Oh, something I really cannot emphasize enough. I'm sure I already did say this, but I might have forgotten... Do not be afraid to fail. 
Oh, definitely. Tell your players that too. They should they should understand that too. But everybody should understand it. Try something new. If it doesn't work, oh well. If you've it, got another session coming up, it's just Try that. just don't be afraid to be wrong. Definitely. I misread rules all the time. All the time. I will look through a rule and I'll think, okay, good, I got this. And then we'll get there and it's usually Ren who has read every rule and knows every comma in the books. And he's not even a rules lawyer, he's just a savant. (laughs) I'll be like, okay, we're doing this. Like, should we do it? Should we do it this way? And it's like, look at the book. Look at Ren. You. Look at the book. Look at Ren. Look at my notes. <laughs> Rewrite the whole combat right there. <laughs> Go get food, guys. I'm busy. <laughs> uh, don't, the, yeah, don't be afraid also to change your plans. Definitely, because your plans are going to change. I have thrown out whole sections before. Just like, I don't feel like doing either because of time or because I definitely miscalculated how hard I was making it. That's something you have to play with. Something, a, a, a good rule of thumb is always feel free to make a, a situation harder than you think it might need to be because you can always reduce the difficulty a lot more yes. easily than you can increase it. Definitely. It's true. So, the players won't know if you, if you know, if the encounter that you gave them that you thought was going to be a good match for them is really, uh, uh, really kicking their butts. Don't feel afraid to maybe knock off a couple hit points off the top. They'll they get, they can get bored quickly if you make it too easy. But if you make it too hard, you can fix yeah. that in the situation. Yes, making it too hard makes it very arduous for the players. So there's a sweet spot to hit. And in Dragon Age, you've only thankfully, unlike some other role playing games, Dragon Age only has a couple of axes that you have to worry about. Like how, like how much, how much health does an enemy have? can really, like, make a fight go a lot longer or can make it go a lot shorter. How um, good are they at dealing damage? Uh, and how much damage does it take to take this guy down? That can also change how quickly some, how quickly something becomes a threat or how quickly something uh, gets ignored sometimes. Um, and, goodness, you should also be careful of uh, armor rating because armor rating is something that can really throw a monkey wrench into any kind of calculations you might have made. It makes enemies a lot harder, a lot faster, just because that, you know, that 20 points of damage that the warrior just did, fan-frickin-tastic roll, from like a lethal blow and a mighty blow, the enemy's got like 10 armor rating, suddenly that that blow is only 10 damage, and the players are going to be disappointed, or perhaps a little peeved that it's going to take that long to take the guy down. Especially if you gave him like 200 hit points. That's going to be a long fight. Oh. <laughs> I'm suddenly having flashbacks to the Mythic campaign. Oh. Oh, don't play Mythic in Pathfinder unless you're ready for it. It's rocket fuel. <laughs> I wanted to die. <laughs> I, I did too. I did too. I that's have... that. That's another reason I've just thrown things out before. Is I just didn't want to do it. Right. Like <laughs> we get to the point in the game where it's like, and now we're going to face this demon, and I'm like, no, no, not doing it. Uh, I don't don't feel it. Not feeling it. <laughs> nope. Don't want to talk. Don't want to role play it. Don't want to roll it. Don't want to do any of it. Just go on. Do we get gear? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> that mm, summon the pizza man and get me a coffee. <laughs> Oh, my life. <laughs> also, always tip your pizza man. Oh, yes. Yeah, do. Do, that. do tip your pizza man. Partly because whenever I play game, all of my friends have been in food service at some point. And so pizza man comes and we're just like, we got like two 20s between us. Just take it all. Just take it. And, there's, and it's easily like a 25 to 50% tip. And they're always like, what? <laughs> What is this kindness you're showing me? Put his hand on his shoulder, on your shoulder, on his shoulder, dead look in the <laughs> eyes, but raise it and reassuring in the sunlight. I've been there, man. It's Never to the go. point where I, there are, I know there are a couple um, pizza places in our area that fight for deliveries to our apartments. <laughs> I would not be surprised. The number of things that have come to our con- come to our condo or to your apartment complex. 
<laughs> and the tips and the gracious thanks. I always make sure that my pizzas that I send out are um, uh, ordered by King Kalen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Make it fit for a king. It's just uh, <laughs> my special request. No, I mean, the number of times as a GM I've looked at my players and just been like, I don't care, do whatever you want, is like staggering. But that's <laughs> just part of it. That's, that's, it's your game. That's just that moment where, uh, <laughs> let it be. Let it be. The, the Coral Book also has a list of, let's see, it has a list of styles of play that they also include. Game Mastering Styles, they have Problem Player Types listed, one of which is definitely the Rules Lawyer. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, of the part, of the problem players mm-hmm. i find the rules lawyer to be the most frustrating they can be very helpful if you can redirect their powers in the right direction right but, but it's the fact that they'll stop everything yes to debate a finer point and it's like we are not in the athenian senate we are playing a game <laughs> you will have to take control of that sometimes as a gm uh, as you said you are a moderator so you are going to have to occasionally tell folks not at the game table. We can talk about that later. If they don't like a ruling, you can just say we're running it today. We can decide if we want to keep it later. But your, but all the problem players that they list in the core rulebook, all the uh, weird GMing types, you, uh, you have to make sure that you're under control of that. <laughs> because if the, the, the game gets out of, if the game goes out of whack, because especially because somebody is wanting to stop and debate uh, the interpretation of a rule that really is your decision and not theirs. It it bogs the game down and it stop it halts the game and means no one's having fun. You are Lord High Arbiter. You <laughs> are more than welcome to do anything that you want in terms of rules. That is your choice. That is your game. So if someone is rules lawyering, just feel free to slam the gavel in their face. Yes. There shouldn't be a lot of rules discussions in Dragon Age. This game is easy. This game is simple. Roll 3d6s, add some numbers. Did you make it? Nice. And then, and then we'll add, maybe we'll ask some questions like, how well did you make it? But we can make it as simple. We can make this as simple as or as difficult as you want. Read also, please read page 210 of the core rulebook. It's got the game master do's and don'ts on it. They're all golden, especially one. The one I'm going to point out. The last don't is, don't worry about it. Do not worry about it. Just let it be. Yeah. Let it go. If something happens, whatever. Whatever. It's it's okay. If you make a mistake, you can go back and fix it. If you didn't make a ruling that you're not sure about and it's coming to bite you in the butt later, feel free to put, probably put your foot down and change it. If uh, if thing if you the combats are just being too easy and the players are roaming or swile or uh, flying through things, don't worry about it. Just just go for it. It's okay. It's okay to stumble. It's a because you're going to get some fantastic sessions like that. Like that taxi chase. One day we'll talk about the taxi we'll chase. We'll talk about the taxi chase. Probably not today, but we'll save it. We'll save it for a good time. Especially maybe when we have an audience. <laughs> I know that would be nice. When we have Jessica along because she was there. Oh my god. <sighs> so don't worry about it. Keep your game fun. Make sure, and, and, and so you've got to make sure that your players are having fun. You've got to, you've got, you've got to narrate things. You've got to build things. You've got to and keep the players under control. You've got to. Don't forget that you're here to have fun too. Yes, through all of those responsibilities, and there's a lot of responsibilities as a GM. You're. This is a game for you too, right? You should have fun. Sometimes you just want to throw the unbeatable foe at your mm-hmm. party just for a few moments. There's a lot of them in Dragon Age. I've got stats for an Archdemon in here, and it's not pretty. Sure, yes, let's face an Archdemon. Why not? That's just good times had by all. <laughs> it takes up its own page of the book. Yes, I'm sure it does. It has its own page with stats, and they actually had to use a smaller type font to fit all of its powers. That's actually kind of irritating. <laughs> it has a lot of stuff to do. Well, they didn't have to put that photo in so large. <laughs> it is a lovely picture. But, again, don't worry about it. Have fun. Make sure you're having fun. If you're having fun, your players are going to have fun too. Most of the time. Most of the time, yes. And that's when we come into the problem players. 
but the, we would deal with those guys gingerly. All of them can help. Some of them are not going to help. Try to redirect it into the game as much as possible. Yes. Like, if you have a hack and slasher that just wants to beat everything up all the time, feel free to just, you know, let the party redirect that. Like... Make them stop it from time to time. It's yes. not always your responsibility. Nah, 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 nah. Not your always responsibility. And sometimes even your other player, your uh, their fellow players are going to step up for you. And those are the gems that you keep close to your heart, and you love them. Oh, GMing's great, guys. GMing's fun. You'll like it, I promise. If you have any interest in telling a story of your own. GMing is a beautiful piece of creative outlet. It is absolutely one of my favorite ways to get a lot of the narratives that are going out of my head out there and enjoyed. And and you get to share them with people you, that you like. Exactly. Who, who like to play a game with you. It's a good time. And if you're a particularly studious person you can even take notes and write up the the campaign as it goes and put it out there for other people to try oh definitely yes and if you do please do send it to the distant verses we'll make sure to put it up here get download links it'll be great put it on the blog it'll be fun everyone loves a good blog everyone loves a good blog it's blog blog it's better than bad it's good (laughs) oh that did not go where I thought it was going to go but I'm cool with it We'll work with it. <laughs> I am just a nerd. We're we're all here. We're all one big happy family. But we're we're, we're the fun, but uh, we but we've got the game. We've got the game to run. So summon the pizza man and get me a coffee. <laughs> I need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Maybe we'll make a t-shirt one day. Making merchandising opportunities. Oh, that would be great. That'd be great. Some of the pizza, Some of the pizza man, man get me, me a coffee. <laughs> just an, a very angry GM just slamming the table, the GM screen flying, the dice just flying into the air. Why are you all in my house? This is my house. Why are you all in my house? It's a good time. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Just seduce the dragon. We had we early parts of this campaign. We definitely had a list of things. We had a growing list of things that did not respond. House to rules are the best rules. <laughs> we had a growing list of things that would not respond to communication seduction tests. I think we got like gigantic snakes, giant crabs, dead rats, horses. It was mostly a long list of animals <laughs> because one of the players just kept trying. She was she was hoping that she was just gonna hit the jackpot eventually. <laughs> That character also did get addicted to delirium and might have died of an overdose in the back alley, you know. Oopsie. Most majestic way for a character to die. Well, I mean, you <laughs> reap what you sow. Right. She was cool with it. Yeah, she, she figured, no, this is completely in character for them. They die in an alley. Overdosing delirium. That got dark. Dragon Age. Yeah. Dark Dragon Age. Ugh. Bioware. Thanks, Bioware. <laughs> Thanks, Bioware. Jerk face McGee's making good games that feel compelling and dark. And sure, I'll just cry now. I'll I mean, I'll just cry. <laughs> oh, you saw that thing I posted about Morden. Oh. I just wanted to run tests on the seashells. Oh no! <laughs> you can do that with your players, by the way. Get their hearts. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's a, it's a lot of fun, especially when you're you're going to love it when the players are talking about your campaign, like. Two years down the line, they're still talking about taxi chases. They're talking about uh, talking about worshippers of some deity who are uh, particularly vile, and they're going to talk about finding that sweet piece of gear and using it for something that you never considered. Usually, messing up your plans. Usually, messing up your plans. Oh, the Bacta armor and, <laughs> and the ventilation shaft. <laughs> that was a good day. Mm. Hmm. Karen, Karen, I'm unstoppable in this thing. I need to make me an acrobatics check to uh, crawl through this small duct. <laughs> I am get, stopped. I am stopped. <laughs> to get another character on one side to shove and one character on the other side to pull, it was... It was an infiltration mission. 
I don't even remember what we were infiltrating. Was that the gigantic... I think that was the big super laser. That was the big super laser. Yes, the super laser that was over the creepy planet that was covered in the ocean of thing. I also remember the sudden appearance of C. Ruby on my bridge. <laughs> tiny dinosaurs! <laughs> put tiny dinosaurs in Dragon Age now! And then give it to us, and we'll put it on the dissonant verses. Tiny intelligent dinosaur slaves that work for bigger, more, bigger, more intelligent dinosaurs. <laughs> There is a precedent for lizard folk in Dragon Age now. They mention it a couple times. Dwarves, Legion of the Dead, found weird stuff in the Deep Roads. There's weird stuff in the Deep Roads. Put weird stuff in the Deep Roads. Put weird stuff in the Deep Roads. Ghosts that are haunting something. Lizard people. Sentient nubs. Creepy as heck. Rock raids. Rock raids. Rock raids are weird. How can you have ghosts? You guys don't even touch the fade, you weirdos. Well... We just are. Shut up. Here we are. I'm going to punch you with my rock hand now. Okay. (laughs) Well, we'll have to continue this rant for another time. There's plenty more to rant on about GMing. GMing is an enormous thing, and and we're not the only ones who are covering it. There are other blogs out there. There are other podcasts out there that I'm sure are completely devoted to game mastering. Don't read them. Don't listen to them. (laughs) Listen only to ours. Ours is the good one. You're running running Dragon Age. Ours, Ours is the one you need. The other ones are the ones you can have. Ours is the superior podcast. Superior podcast. (laughs) Superior. So, take this job seriously. Don't take it too seriously. There's no right way to GM. Your style is the one you should do. Have fun. Uh, Be in control, but make sure the players have just as much control as you do, because you're telling a story, but only half that story belongs to you. The other half belongs to the players, because they're the main characters in in this story that you're writing for them. Um, you're writing it for you, too. <laughs> it's just as much your story as it is theirs. Sure it is. Sure it is. Yeah, absolutely. They <laughs> they contribute so much to my meaningful masterpiece. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm a little salty. <laughs> I, I, That's okay. I choose... The, I choose my friends, which is a mistake, because, <laughs> we because they're all for them. They're too. all brilliant, sassy people that tell their own stories for their own characters. And of course, I'm like, how dare you have ideas about my campaign? Dragon is easy to get into, easy to role play, easy to easy to run. Get them into it too. Get your friends into it too. Run the game for them. Now that you have the tools, we'll give you more tools later. But for now. We're going to have to sign off. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Thank you! Let's see. This is Ren wishing lots of D6s on that dragon die. This is Logan wishing you all a patient and coffee-filled evening. Thank you so much. You guys all have a good night. Bye! I think it's time you stopped playing the wounded party with me, Varric. Ignoring the times you actually wounded me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the post-show. Yeah, I was here the whole time. Yes. Yes, she was. Whole time. Yep. Now, because we record these episodes kind of out of order and a little earlier from the day that we actually release them, uh, occasionally things like this are going to happen. We're going to have news that's going to pop up after we've recorded the episode, so we have to go back and amend it. Luckily, we had that uh, that uh, liberty because of technology. Technology's pretty neat. And time travel. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's early. It is a little early for us. Um, but, so welcome to the post-show. This post-show, we're going to be talking about some very exciting news that has popped up for the Dragon Age RPG. If you haven't heard it already, the Dragon Age core rulebook... That lovely tome, that lovely tome of ours uh, that we've been talking about and we've been all excited about has been nominated for three Ennies. And uh, Ennies, for those of you who don't know, are kind of the, like how the Grammys are for music and the... Yeah, sort of. They're kind of, uh, they're pretty special awards for different, uh, I believe it's only tabletops and card games and stuff. They cover, they've covered a lot of things. They they cover video games? They don't cover video games. It's just, uh... It's uh, mostly, I mean, it's mostly tabletop games, like card games, board games, yeah. RPGs, and they cover, they even cover things like 
podcast about RPGs. Wishful thinking for the future, maybe. <laughs> get more than like four episodes out there before. Before we get too ambitious. Yeah. Fair enough. Well. But uh, Dragon Age is up for some stuff, and we should definitely be voting for it, and you should definitely be voting for it because it's excellent, and you know that. I voted for it. It's fun. It's exciting. I'm about to vote for it. I don't have a functional computer, but now that I'm going to borrow his, it's going to work out. Back on our blog, uh, wondersofthetispodcast.wordpress.com, we made a post uh, a couple days ago about how Dragon Age RPG is uh, nominated for a couple of Emmys. If you haven't seen it, then you should definitely go check it out. And again, wondersofthetis.wordpress.com. If you go check it out, there's a link and there's a couple of instructions. There's going to be uh, a list of products that are listed with the Dra- Dragon Age core book in the categories. You want to vote one for the Dragon Age Core rulebook. If you don't know the other, don't know what the other products are, don't vote for them. Don't put any numbers down. Yeah. So Dragon Age Core rulebook is nominated for an any in the categories of best interior art. I totally agree. It's beautiful. There's some lovely art in there. Not a big fan of that uh, that spider one. But uh, right, right. Yeah, that uh, that ranger art. Maybe it's a little too good. It's probably mm-hmm. why. <laughs> yes. Um, you. Did you? And there's a couple of other evocative things. There's that one picture that I keep looking at that's got like the the warrior, the rogue, the two warriors in the rogue who are standing in front of the gal who's got the knife up and she's crying and like her yeah. father's on the bed, like magic is happening to him and like the king is like grabbing her and trying to get her attention. It's like, what is happening here? Yeah, the art is very evocative. It's, it's quite good. Yes, and they managed to pull a couple of Bioware artists, so they've got a lot of really cool concept art from the video games. Yeah, this is my surprise <laughs> It's cool. It's not very, it doesn't have much expression, in case you were wondering out there in podcasting. I'm not very surprised. Well, so you should definitely vote for it. One in Best Interior Art. You should vote for it one as one, as number one in Best Game. Best Game, guys. Hmm. It was nominated for the Best Game of 2015. And then, I think that's worth it. I absolutely think that's worth it. It's probably my uh, favorite campaign that I'm in right now. Actually, I don't know that I'm in many others, but I'm super excited about this campaign, and I love Dragon Age, and we're having a blast with it. So oh, yeah. I would be happy to vote this thing up as many times as I'm allowed, but I think it's only one. Every time we roll those dice and those doubles come up and we're all shouting, LEESONDOW! Yeah. I gets that, very excited. <laughs> I think that game deserves an A. Um... So, best interior art, best game, and finally, it has been nominated with like I think like a nearly a dozen other products for pro- for product of the year. Mm. Like that's like the big one. It has been nominated as the best tabletop, as the best gaming product of the year. Which is a pretty awesome thing. We should see if we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. And of course, it, you know, it sold out on its first run, its first print run, and they started having to make more. They're still selling copies of the uh, limited edition. It's it's a gorgeous book. It's a cool game, and it's given us a lot of fun. So we definitely think that you guys should vote for it in the Ennies. Remember to vote one for it, one for Dragon Age Core Rulebook. And if there are no other products on there that you know that you know of or like, then don't vote for them. Yeah, just let the chips fall where they may. Yes. It's all good. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you. That's all we needed to say. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, bit of a short post, Joe. We'll talk about uh, campaign stuff later. Weird stuff's happening in the campaign. And at the risk of irritating some people and exciting others, Team Mystic Forever. (laughs) Pokemon Go also came out since we recorded this episode. Yeah. I don't have a phone that's good enough to run it yet. I do. She does. I'm not. I'm not very high level yet. Hmm. And to be honest, if you any any if you're part of any part of any team, I think it's cool that you're playing. But you know, Team Mystic's pretty cool. We and just happen to be. You should maybe think about joining Team Mystic because yeah. we're the cool kids. Yeah. We just happen to be Team Mystic. You guys can play whatever you like. But if yep. you play Team Mystic, that means you can play with us. Well, I mean, I guess you if you, if you live in uh, well, the Bloomington you. area, you can come on a poke walk with us anytime. Right. Oh yeah. Regardless of team. Oh, definitely yeah. How many, how many friends have we made since we started playing Pokemon Go? Many. Many. I love the social aspect of this game. I'm so excited for what it is doing for small businesses around here and what it's doing for the social scene and the fact that I'm actually getting exercise, which I usually am not known it's for. Crazy. It's pretty fun. Pokemon brings us all together, makes us all better people. 
Yeah, as long as people do it smart. Don't don't do any yeah. of the stupid things you're seeing on yeah, Facebook. Don't go don't go vandalizing things. Team yeah. team mistake. That's not cool. Be respectful. Yes. Don't be Team Rocket. Yeah. There you go. We're All team, right. Team Mystic Valor and Instinct, not Team Rocket. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it. That's it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Bye.